0: Welcome to the inaugural season of the Brew and Shaver
1: Sports Podcast, where for 30 minutes once a week, we talk about all the things that make us love sports, the games, the rivalries, and of course, the personalities. We are
0: stoked that you're listening. And now, here's Ben and Darren. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Brew and Shavers Sports Podcast. We are heading into week eight of the college football season. And today, even though you cannot see it, I am wearing a brown bag. Yes, <laughs> I made a pick that was so bad last week that Darren has put a brown bag on my head and said I must I must embrace the shame.
1: There is, There is losing a pick and there is losing a pick that makes history, and you lost a pick that makes history, because uh, UL Monroe beat Liberty as a 30-point underdog, and it's the second time they've done it this season, and it's only the second time in all of college football history that that has happened. They're only the second team to do it, so if you're going to do it, do it right. And, and and you lost the pick on a historical level. You And being a history buff, that's got to mean at least a little something to you. It makes the brown bag a little special. Is that? <laughs> I appreciate that,
0: uh, Darren. You know, uh, having a person that's really good at research is a double-edged sword. You provide a lot of great information, but you also have information that you can use. It's like pouring salt into a wound.
1: Well, see, as a Vanderbilt fan, I'm I, I open wound, salt. I'm used to all of that, so it doesn't even faze
0: me. <laughs> Well, we want to welcome our listeners from Louisiana, Texas, Tennessee, Georgia, Kentucky, Virginia, South Carolina, New Jersey, Alabama, North Carolina. And we have two new states this week, New York and Oklahoma. So welcome to the show. I don't know where Mississippi is. I'm looking at some states. I'm wondering where are the listeners. So if you have friends in some states that are not mentioned, give them a call. And say, you guys got to watch this podcast or not watch it, but listen to it.
1: At mississippi and florida we need you to jump in and round things out that would really give us kind of a southeastern swing so we, we need both of those to jump in for us
0: yeah we're, we're trying to to move across uh, the south so uh spread the word we'd love it if you would um, remember you can email us anytime at brewandshavers and at gmail.com and our pickums will be up at darren shavers look for darren shavers on twitter and he will be posting a link to the pickums you can participate even if you haven't done any weeks yet. It's fun. Guess the games, who you think is going to win. And if you prove to have the best um, results, we'll mention you on the podcast next week.
1: And if you listen to us on Spotify or Google Podcast, even though there's six or seven different platforms, on those two specifically, be sure and hit the plus sign. That way you're following us and you'll be notified when, when we uh, hit every Tuesday morning. Uh, and then on uh, Apple Podcast, if you would like us, uh, which is uh, or follow us, that'll be the same thing, but you can also rate and review. And we would love to, that that will help us climb and, and and let other people know about us as well. So if you listen on any of those platforms, please do that. We would very much appreciate it.
0: Yes, those uh, taking the time to rate us goes a long, long way. Uh, want to mention uh, the paper eight anchors uh, in our Pickum group who have ascended to the number one spot. So, congratulations, paper anchors. Keep up the good work.
1: Um, this is your week. Top spot. Absolutely rose right up the ranks and claimed it. Now, like we've talked about with football teams, it's about learning how to win. Now, you got to hold on to it. Make some <laughs> great picks this week.
0: So, speaking of picks, let's look at our AP top five for this week. Uh, the Georgia Bulldogs retained the top spot, uh, followed by the Cincinnati Bearcats, the Oklahoma Sooners, Alabama is back in the top five, which we expected, and <laughs> uh, Ohio State. So that rounds out the uh, AP top five poll heading into week eight. But today, we want to talk about some major news that broke on Sunday. It had been rumored, but it was confirmed on Sunday by various media outlets. Coach Ed Ordron will not return as the LSU head coach football coach Uh, a buyout has been negotiated he will coach the rest of this season and there's a lot we can say about coach o Uh, unfortunately there were some off-field issues that i think may have caught up to him i believe so Um, and that's unfortunate and and on this show we're not gonna we're not gonna pick people apart and uh, so you can listen to other shows if you want more information about that but you know, Coach O had that great run in 2019 with one of the greatest teams we've ever seen. But outside of that, Darren. And,
1: and you know, part of the selling point of, of when he came to uh, LSU, you know, originally part of what was going to go on is he was coming to LSU and he's going to bring Lane Kiffin with him. If you remember, Lane Kiffin was going to be his offensive coordinator. That was the kind of behind-the-scenes conversation. But the way that he sold himself to LSU is I want to be a CEO – I'm going to hire great coordinators, and if you look at all of his seasons, he had one great season, and that was really the only season that he had two great coordin- coordinators. And outside of that, his coordinator hires have really been bad hires, or at least look to be that way. Uh, that you know, sometimes he replaced the next year, and I think that is ultimately what caught up with him. You you can't you can't come on board and say I'm going to be the CEO that makes the CEO that makes these great coordinator hires. And, you know, a large percentage of your coordinator hires just bust. Mm -hmm. So I I think that's ultimately, along with the the off-the-field stuff, it's just you look at that track record, and I think LSU had no choice, or at least that's the way they felt about it.
0: And and I think in some ways Coach O will always be, um, you know, you you reach a level of – greatness in louisiana where it's said that you you won't ever buy another drink again in the state right i think coach o is one of those people he's louisiana Mm -hmm. through and through despite his shortcomings and mistakes uh he will be remembered as the coach of that 2019 team will he go down as uh one of the great coaches i I don't think so i i just don't think that will but he will live in the hearts of lsu fans uh for a long long time So you mentioned Lane Kiffin, and that's a great segue. Because Darren, who are you hearing as possible candidates for what I think is
1: a top five job in the country? Oh, I think it's easily one of the top five jobs in the company or in the country. And and anytime a head coaching job comes up, doesn't matter if it's LSU now or USC earlier in the year, there are certain names that are automatically going to come up. And those names are James Franklin. Uh, Mario Cristobal from from Oregon, and, of course, Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin, to me, is a little bit of a weird stretch. It's it's odd when somebody moves from, like, east to west in the SEC, but when you stay within your division and move jobs, that's kind of a – that's an odd but. You know, Scott Woodward, the AD at LSU, I've heard him referred to on other bo- podcasts as a big game hunter. He likes to go after the names that he, nobody thinks he can get. So that'll be very interesting to see uh, if he, he does those. Now, some other names that have come up that I've either read about or, or heard on other shows that I find equally as interesting is, uh, of course, Luke Fickle at Cincinnati. Uh, Dave Aranda, uh, which mm-hmm. is another name that's very, very interesting because there's uh, those obvious ties. Uh, and then Mel Tucker, who is at Michigan State, who has ties in his assistant. He's worked for Saban, all of that kind of stuff. And then Billy Billy Napier being in Louisiana, obviously that's at least a a name that has to come up in the conversation. But two names to throw out that I've heard from two different locations, either reading about or or hearing about on on radio or or podcast, is Doug Peterson, who is the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, who has – Uh, Louisiana ties. Of course, you know, he started out with after he retired from the NFL, he coached at uh, Calvary Baptist in Shreveport uh, and had some good years there before moving back into um, going back basically to work with Andy Reid at Philadelphia and then Kansas City and then became the head coach of Philadelphia. And then also another name, I think just because of the size of his name that's come up is Bob Stoops. Hmm. I didn't really see that one coming. That'll be interesting if anything is ever said. But it'd be a big, big name to go get. So that'll be interesting to to see how that plays out.
0: That's Yeah, that's a name that caught me by surprise. And, um, you know, Bob did beat Alabama in a bowl game one time. And uh, <laughs> I think he's talked about that every day since. And he
1: will continue to.
0: <laughs> Darren, out of those candidates, who do you see as really, um, if we were going to place odds, who do you think – the front runner is,
1: you know, it really, it really would surprise me if Luke fickle doesn't get some real serious because he has made his name a a big name in in coaching ranks. When you look at what's went on at Cincinnati, Cincinnati, it would surprise me if, if he doesn't, because I don't think, um, Scott Woodward, I don't think his MO is to go after assistants. He likes to go after people that are already, no matter the sport, football, basketball, it doesn't matter. People that are already established as head coaches. Uh, so that may give Dave Aranda a little bit of a of a possibility as well. But as as the list stands today, I think he'll give Lane Kiffin and, and um, James Franklin a run. I don't think he'll be successful in going after those, so he may end up being Luke Fickle. And, you know, he might pull a rabbit out of his hat and pull Billy Napier, but I, I think, to me, Luke Fickle is the one that kind of stands out right now. And, and that's interesting, given that
0: I don't think Luke Fickle has any connection to, the, right. to SEC country, the South. Uh, he's primarily been up in the Midwest part of the country. Uh,
1: would that be a hindrance? Uh, because there is a dis- a distinct culture here. I think it would hurt him when it comes to recruiting out of Texas. Uh, but you look at, uh, and you and I have had these conversations o- outside of the, the show. You look at the talent that is in Louisiana that's lining up to say, "I want to go to LSU because it's a family legacy." It's a, it's not going to hurt him. In LA, I think in Louisiana, probably not so much in Mississippi, but I think what could really be the hindrance is, is Texas is such a weird recruiting ground. I think that could be the place that that gives pause to can he pull that off, mm-hmm. because there would be absolutely no ties. Of course, he's recruited well at Cincinnati. You know, he may be one of those guys that gets in, recruits, establishes great uh connections with high school coaches and and it doesn't have an effect. But I, I think Texas would be the 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 biggest uh, quantifier there. Will that work? Can he do that? Can he recruit in Texas?
0: Yeah. And and the Lane Kiffin, of course, is intriguing. But with Kiffin, you get one of the big personalities in college football. And it seems that people either love him or hate him. There's not a lot of middle ground. Absolutely. And um, he also does not have a record of staying anywhere very long, even though it would be hard to find – you know, he's already done the USC thing. Right. Which – you would think would be his destination job. Didn't work out. Would LSU be a destination job for him? Um, He's got a good thing going at Ole Miss. Um, They're not expecting him to win a national title every year. It's a whole different ballgame when you come to Baton Rouge.
1: You know, I wonder if because he did his destination job and that went horribly off the rails, you know, did not go well at all, I wonder if he is maybe in a place where he wants to create his own destination job uh, and maybe that makes him hang at, at Ole Miss. I, I think that's at least a possibility. However, to go to an LSU top five job where not only are you expected to win national championships, but it's it's a realistic expectation. You know, you put the right right plan together. I mean, you, you saw what happened just a couple of years ago. So uh, I, I think that could be very appealing. It's interesting to, to look at somebody leaving Ole Miss to go to LSU, but I think it'd be very appealing.
0: One interesting fact about the LSU program, the last three coaches have all won national titles. That's a fantastic.
1: You're gonna get the talent. Exactly. The, 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 the talent is going to be there.
0: Well, that's a great segue. LSU Ole Miss, because as we were looking at this week's Pick'ems, mm-hmm. we noticed there were no SEC games <laughs> mentioned.
1: Exactly.
0: And uh, we were we were a little bit disappointed by this week. So we want to mention a couple of games that we think are worthy of your time to watch on Saturday, uh, LSU Ole Miss at 2.30. This is Central time. And then Tennessee and Alabama at 6 o'clock Central time. So when you look at those two games, um, you know, if you'd asked me before Saturday, LSU mm-hmm. Ole Miss, I'd be like, Ole Miss is going to destroy them. Destroy destroy him. Mm-hmm. But then we saw – LSU's running game come back, and the With Price a, kid break Fournette's single game rushing record. An
1: absolute vengeance running back, coming back, the running game coming back. Really incredible. To watch what he did, and not only what he did, but what the O line did. The holes that were open. It was really an impressive overall game plan of of the the movements they made, the zone blocks they made, and stuff. It, it was it was incredible to watch. They really put to put something together. So who do you have for this game? I, I still think Ole Miss wins it just strictly because their offense is so potent that even if LSU made a habit of 10 and 12 play drives, Ole Miss only needs a three play drive <laughs> to, to to equal it out on the scoreboard. So it's not, they're not an offense that you can eat time. Uh, and, and it, have the effect that it could with others because they you know uh, they could throw a 40-yard pass and then open open the lanes completely up because you're thinking well who's going to be hit on the edge now and the middle of the field open up and and matt corral runs 40 yards down the middle of the field for a touchdown two plays score and drive it's it's over with so i think that that makes them dangerous even if you can have that running game that that pauses the game or or slows the game down rather And, and i don't think I don't think it'll make that much of a difference. I think it can make a more interesting game, but I think Ole Miss pulls it out.
0: Matt Corral is such a threat. And when you look at the LSU defense, they got the Logan kid back on the D-line and made a big difference Saturday. Mm-hmm. The D-line's playing well. The secondary played well. The linebackers are struggling. Yes. And when you have a runner like Matt Corral who can easily hit 100 yards rushing, I think that will be the X factor in this game.
1: Agree completely.
0: Second game, Tennessee going to Tuscaloosa. I listened to uh, Josh Hypel in a press conference saying they were excited to make this trip.
1: <laughs> what else are you going to say? Exactly. That's the ultimate coach speak. <laughs> we're excited to go to Alabama. Uh, I, I don't. Uh, this game is uh, Tennessee has had a great run offensively. Um, and, and this is such a big, you know, the third Saturday in October. If you're a Tennessee fan, if you're an Alabama fan, it is, it's something, even if both teams are no good or if uh, one team is just miserably awful, it's, it's excitement. I, I hate to admit this out loud, especially on record, but I grew up in a family of Tennessee fans. Uh, so And you love your family no matter what. So <laughs> that still, still have a lot of them, uh, a lot of family that's Tennessee fans. It's, it's always a big conversation uh and it'll be an exciting game i think tennessee will come out with a you know a fast-paced offense try to do a few things but ultimately alabama will do what alabama does family dynamics are tricky yes (laughs) especially in the south when it regards football right
0: (laughs) you can't pick your family exactly So let's go on to our, um, uh, looking at this past week and, uh, we might as well get it over with. I've been stalling, uh, because, uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to eat a lot of crow here, but last week, um, uh, well, we both picked, uh, Cincinnati. We both, we both got that one. Correct. And they continue to, to rock and roll. Um, you made a brilliant call and, uh. I thought about texting you in the first half of the Oklahoma State-Texas game to say, oh, nice pick, Darren. Uh, But Oklahoma State pulled out a big win in Austin. I'm sure very disappointing for Longhorn fans.
1: And, And, you know, to me, if I'm a Longhorn fan, one of the things that really disappoints me is if you look at, yes, this time it was the quarterback, but if you look at the play that beat them, it just was not that different from the play that beat them twice against Oklahoma. Uh, it, it was a designed play with a fake to pull the linebackers and, and get the get the other side of the field kind of opened up. Uh, and he ended up going more toward the middle than swinging toward the left like they did, like Oklahoma did. But it really looked very similar. So uh, that would be extremely disappointing to me if, if I were a Longhorn fan. However, I enjoyed it immensely as a pick. So. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we both had picked uh, Florida to beat LSU, um, oh,
0: and LSU man. ran all over Florida. Congratulations <laughs> to the Tigers!
1: Absolutely. Uh,
0: Georgia, Kentucky. Kentucky is a good team, but Georgia has a great defense. And
1: and we'll we'll actually talk a little bit more about Georgia's defense toward the end. That's in our post game quote. Uh, but you know, Kentucky can say we scored as many touchdowns on them as the rest of their opponents combined this year. They, they at least can say they did that, mm-hmm. even though the game didn't go the way they wanted it to.
0: A, a, a big upset, I don't know many people outside of the Big Ten that thought Iowa was worthy of being number two in the country, but Purdue went in uh, to Iowa uh, on their home field and, and beat them pretty good.
1: And I think you prove that you weren't supposed to be number two in the country when you lose to an unranked yeah. uh, opponent. And now, again, Jeff Brom at Purdue does some incredible things offensively, but uh, that, that game should not have been a loss for Iowa. Uh, it, it, good for Purdue. Awesome to see an underdog win, but, but tough, tough spot for Iowa for sure.
0: Pitt, Virginia Tech. Pitt continues to roll. Uh, Baylor continued to roll, knocking off the number 19-ranked BYU Cougars. Iowa State picked up
1: a big win in Manhattan, Kansas, beating Kansas State. And, Um, man, I thought I had that one. Even talked about going with my gut, and my gut was an absolute – just lied to me on that that one. (laughs) And this week we'll get into
0: it, but um, we'll find out, has Matt Campbell finally righted the ship? in, in Ames, Iowa, uh, North Carolina state, Boston college, big win for the Wolfpack, uh, a pretty shocking one. We both picked Arizona state. They had been rocking and rolling. Utah had been disappointing. What just happened? <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I, like I said, you know, last week when we were talking about this game, I said, every time I talk about how good Utah is on offense and how they can surprise people, they let me down, so I'm just not going to fall for it. And then they did the exact thing. Their offense snuck up on uh, Arizona State. It, it is it is one of the, the things that uh, when you look at an Andy Lugwin offense, they kind of come out of nowhere, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, they There's so much motion and movement pre-snap. It's incredible the things that, that they can do when things are going right, and they had a week where things went right and left uh, us and Arizona State very stunned, So <laughs> ultimately.
0: In our four down territory from last week, um, my sure thing was Iowa. <laughs> I told I, I told you listeners at the beginning I'm wearing a brown bag today. <laughs> Purdue beat Iowa. My upset pick. Well, that didn't exactly come through either.
1: No, I picked uh, Louisiana <laughs> Tech
0: to upset um, UTEP. I think they scored three points. I think
1: so. I think so.
0: And my brown bag pick of the week was uh, ULM with Liberty coming to town. I thought that was going to be uh, a massacre. Custer's last stand and uh, go figure as Darren has pointed out, ULM (laughs) accomplished something for the second time this season. That is a very rare feat. And so today I'm eating crow and I apologize to ULM for such a, a, a lack of faith in their abilities. Um, they came out with a big win against Liberty. I
1: will join you in the brown bag pick. I picked Miami to be embarrassed by North Carolina. Was just confident that that was going to be the case. North Carolina did win, but only by a field goal. I don't think that's a brown bag moment. So <laughs> that one did not go as I envisioned.
0: Oh goodness. So let's um, let's get to uh, this week's uh, picks. As we mentioned, uh, we were a little underwhelmed by the selections, but but we're going to go with them. So in an early game, we have uh, the 16th-ranked and undefeated leaders of the ACC Wake Forest Demon Deacons are facing a 4-2 and
1: two Army Black Knights team. Who you got, Darren? I think Wake Forest um, wins this. Army is an intriguing pick. But I just don't um, I, I don't see how they they upend what Wake Force, the momentum Wake Force is building. I think Wake Force wins this one.
0: Continuing our armed forces theme, the number two ranked Cincinnati Bearcats are playing the Navy midshipmen who are at one and five.
1: Who you got? Um Cincinnati. I don't think there's even much commentary necessary on that one. I think that's a Cincinnati win.
0: I will join you on both of those okay. picks. And then an intriguing matchup at 2.30 Central Time is Oklahoma State traveling to Ames, Iowa. Uh, Oklahoma State's ranked 8th. They're 6-0, oh, coming off a big win in Austin, going up to face... A, you know frankly, a disappointing Iowa State team to this point. We thought they were going to be big 12 title contenders. They're four and two. What do you
1: think about this game, Darren, you know uh, they Oklahoma State goes in as a seven point uh, favorite, uh, which I, I think probably is pretty close. but uh, again, even though Oklahoma State is six and0, I, I think we're looking at the possibility, just like we talked about earlier, that Matt Campbell has has righted the ship. Uh, and I think this is an Iowa state team that could very easily in two or three weeks, this four and two team that we're talking about is now seven and two. Uh, and I feel like that's, that they have that possibility. Uh, and I have just, I have waffled about this one <laughs> since I saw the picks. Cause I went with Oklahoma state last week as the upset. And I feel like they're having a good, um, a good run at six and O but it scares me that it's in Iowa. But you know what? I I think Oklahoma State's offense can, can put together a, a, a really good game and, and sneak one out over Iowa State. So I am going to go with uh, Oklahoma State.
0: You're gonna be a cowboy for the second week. I'm gonna be own? a
1: cowboy for the second. Me and Toby Keith, we're, we're gonna be cowboys and see what happens. So, so
0: if they win, we're gonna head down to to Cavender's and get
1: you some boots. And, get some boots and a bigger ten, at least a ten gallon hat. Yeah. Can't go any smaller. You have than 10 to.
0: Gallon. You have to. And we'll take a picture and send it to uh, to Gundy, Coach Gundy. This I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you on this pick, Darren. I think that Matt Campbell has got Iowa State in a good spot, going in a good direction. I, I'm picking the Cyclones for this one.
1: I, it's going to be a great
0: game to watch. I really think it'll be fun. Yeah. In a Pac-12 contest at 2:30, you got the number 10th ranked Oregon Ducks facing the up and down UCLA Bruins at five and two. Who, who's your pick?
1: I think Oregon wins this one. I, and I don't have this ton of statistics on either side that makes me feel confident about it. Just strictly going off a of gut. I, I think UCLA has been so inconsistent that that's what will eventually catch up with them against an opponent like Oregon. And I think Oregon pulls this one out. Who are, who are you pick on that one? You know what? I think I'm
0: going to go out on a limb. I can't be any more mortified <laughs> than I am already. I'm going to say that UCLA, Chip Kelly, He's going to have something to prove here, and it's a uh, great point. They're going to to come away with a win. Uh, let's go to the ACC with the four and two Clemson Tigers uh, facing the twenty third ranked and five and one Pitt Panthers in Pittsburgh.
1: Who you got? I want so bad to go with Pitt because of the first of the year they they did me right and, and, and beat Tennessee. So I'm I've been excited about them all year long, but I, this feels like. Even though it's at home, this feels like a game where Clemson uh, shows up and um, gets things right a little bit. And and I think Clemson pulls off the upset on this one.
0: All right. And I'm going to go again on the other side of the fence. One of us is going to look really smart this week. (laughs) One of us
1: is going to have a good Um, week.
0: (laughs) Pitt's a good team. I'm concerned about their consistency. But hopefully they get the fan support. You know, it's hard for them because after they told – Tore down the old Pitt Stadium. You know they play all their home games at Heinz Field, so there's some excitement. Hey, this is the Steelers' mm-hmm. home stadium, but for students on campus, you got to find a way to get from Oakland to Heinz Field, yeah. and sometimes that that puts a dent in your your fan support.
1: Off it, it, campus stadiums historically make a home field advantage a tough thing. Uh, we have the
0: number twenty-two ranked San Diego State Aztecs at six and zero, facing the six and one Air Force Falcons. An intriguing matchup, Darren. Who's who's your pick here?
1: You know, it really is an intriguing matchup because of the the level of offense that uh, and the non traditional offense that Arizona, or I'm sorry, that Air Force brings. You know, they come into the game with three hundred thirty six yards rushing per game, uh, but. Uh, I think San Diego State is on a roll, roll, um, and I I think they can pull this one out. I think they can, again, be a little bit more high-powered and maybe neutralize some of that uh, slowing down the game that that the Air Force brings to it. So I'm going to go with San Diego State. This is just a week where we're going to have to agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. I think the Air Force Falcons are going to pull this one out. I'm excited about watching that game. I think that's it's going to be a really interesting matchup. Another game out
0: west is the five and one Nevada Wolfpack going against the five and two Fresno State Bulldogs.
1: I think Fresno State is at home, and they, uh, as a home favorite, they they pull this one off. And on this one, I agree with you.
0: Fantastic. A traditionally great game which does not have as much luster this year is the USC Trojans going to South Bend to face the 13th ranked and five and one Notre Dame fighting Irish.
1: I almost made a definitive statement about how bad USC was and left me no choice, but to pick Notre Dame. But I, I think if you go back and listen to all of our picks, Every definitive statement I have made has just set the other team up for – so I'm just not even going to – I pick Notre (laughs) Dame. I'm just going to leave it at that. (laughs) I don't have anything else to say.
0: (laughs) And uh, I will go with you, Uh, picking – both of us picking the Irish to win that. Uh, Ohio State and Indiana play in a night game. Ohio State's going to Bloomington at – they're as a fifth ranked team, five and one, Indiana two and four. And uh, this is an Ohio State win. <laughs> Darren, I'm gonna agree with you. Uh Buckeyes, uh big win coming out of Bloomington. And that leaves us with one game for this week's Pick'em, and that is the number eighteenth ranked five and one NC State Wolfpack traveling down south to Miami to play the four, the two and four Miami Hurricanes.
1: Miami is two and four. Uh, and I don't know what to do with them. If, if, if I could, if I was at Kirk curb street level, I would use this as my abstain game, even though I'm not picking it. Uh, because it, just without fail, if I pick anything regarding Miami, it, it ends up being wrong. But I guess I, I'm not calling the game. So I can't really abstain from picking. <laughs> so I guess I, I'll go with NC State. I'm just going to assume that NC State takes care of business, even though it's in Miami, and that they win this game.
0: I think that's okay to mention Herb Street. He probably doesn't know we exist.
1: <laughs> not yet. Not yet.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, that takes us into four down territory, a place that I'm very reluctant to walk and travel <laughs> into, enter into right now because of the past experiences. But nevertheless, we will continue. So, Darren, who's your sure thing pick for this week?
1: I am going to go with uh, SMU going into New Orleans to take on Th- Tulane. I think SMU uh, wins that game, and I think they win it ha- win it handling. How about you?
0: That's a good pick. Uh, Tulane has been a, a tough team, but um, SMU uh, they, they they're they're playing well. Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, Raging Cajuns of. University of Louisiana traveling up to Jonesboro to play the Arkansas State. Uh, I just went blank on their mascot. Wolfpack, is that? Are they a Wolfpack, I think they're the Wolfpack, yes. So I'm going to go with the Raging Cajuns pulling out that win in Jonesboro. How about your upset pick?
1: Uh, I'm going to stick with Clemson over Pitt. I think Clemson um, is able to do what they need to do, and Pitt kind of falls flat a little bit. Clemson wins that. Well, I'm going to go with the
0: Air Force Falcons. We are currently, we both work in Bossier City, Louisiana. We broadcast this podcast from Bossier City, and Bozier City is the proud home of Barksdale Air Force Base. And so I'm going to get behind uh, Air Force and say they are going to pull out a big win over San Diego State.
1: Well, as we said earlier, I really believe that's
0: going to be a fun game to watch, and it's a great pick. And maybe if they do pull it off and somebody on base hears this, maybe I'll get invited to the Officers Club. There you go.
1: Another upside of, a, of an upset.
0: <laughs> <laughs> brown bag pick of the week. Um, other than me wearing a brown bag, um, uh, who's your pick this week, Darren?
1: You know, uh, Mississippi State uh, goes to Nashville to play Vanderbilt, and – the air raid that they bring in knowing the way Vanderbilt has played, even though there's been some positive momentum in a couple of different places, I, I just, man, Mike Leach is going to have fun and no one that is associated with Vanderbilt is going to, I think it's going to be another brown bag week for Vanderbilt. How about you?
0: My brown bag this week is actually going back to this past weekend. Earlier this year, I gave the brown bag to the uh, fans at Oklahoma calling out for the backup quarterback, which Caleb Williams has proven to be quite an outstanding quarterback. Very much so. But just the notion of doing that. Uh, this week, we talked about this earlier. Um, it was a incredible night in Knoxville. A great game between Tennessee and Ole Miss. Uh, there are Tennessee's got a bright future with Josh Heupel. Mm-hmm. They're getting it together after so many years, but to see the way that game ended with water bottles and beer cans and mustard and golf balls and golf balls being thrown at the Ole Miss sideline was so disheartening. Look, every team can cite bad calls in a game but there comes a point where we have to say you know some things are just not acceptable and showing your displeasure by throwing objects at the opposing team the players and the coaches is simply not acceptable now with that said probably 95% of the Tennessee fans exactly. did not do that exactly. it was a very small percentage but i think that small percentage i don't know how they do this i know the sec is fine tennessee if somehow you can find those people who threw that, there's got to be something done
1: that cannot be allowed. And and I would think if there is a way to prove something that Tennessee will, will use, you know, video footage or whatever, and probably there will be some people that have season tickets revoked, some stuff like that. Uh, But, you know, I, I think an important point is just how unacceptable that is, but also it's a small percentage, even though I am all for it taking a shot at a Tennessee fan base. So that will never, ever hurt my feelings. But I think you also have to be honest and say that truly represents a very small percentage, but it was very, very, it was an ugly moment. No matter how, how small the percentage of the fans, it was an ugly moment and, and, and put a little bit of a black eye on what otherwise was a fantastic night for college football.
0: Absolutely. To use your word. Very well done. Uh, I, I really love the checkerboard. Yes. In the stands. I thought that was well done. Uh, you you got a, a prime time game that so many people around the country are watching. It was a good game, very much. So. Um, but yeah, we just can't. That that cannot be allowed in in any kind of sports setting.
1: And the checkerboard was cool, but that is an ugly orange. I can't. I just can't <laughs> let that slide. It's just an ugly orange.
0: <laughs> well, that takes us into the last item on in our four down territory and. Darren, I know each week you meticulously listen to post-game press conferences, and you find the absolutely best post-game quote of the
1: week. So what do you have for us? This week, it comes from a player, not a coach. It's Adam Anderson uh, that plays for Georgia, talking about the Kentucky game. And they ask him how they felt about Kentucky scoring right there at the end of the game. And he said, there may only be four seconds left in the fourth quarter, but we still don't want anybody in our end zone. Then he follows it up with his final statement was, I'm still hurting right now. That's how nasty Georgia's defense is. Just the idea of somebody scoring on them was something that he brought anger into the press conference over. Was still, they won the game. They're undefeated, number one ranked in all of college football, and I'm still hurting right now because somebody got in our end zone. Mm. That is a nasty defense. Mm. <laughs> and I just, when I read that, I thought, all right, let's go back and listen to it and see if the tone matches the words. And it did. He was not a happy camper <laughs> because somebody scored on their defense. So something, to, they're going to be something to watch for the entire season. Uh, Kirby Smart seems to have, uh
0: have them focused and uh, boy, what, what a quote. <laughs>
1: wow. You heard his feelings and he's going to let somebody know it. Exactly.
0: <laughs> well, that wraps up our show for this week. Uh, thank you again for listening. And uh, again, let me continue my crusade against the NCAA scheduling football games on Friday night. Go support your local high school. Don't sit at home and watch college football. Go support your local high school, support those kids. Not just the football players, but the band, the pep squad, the cheerleaders, the dance line, because it's just a magical blending of so many elements of youth and teenage years come together on that Friday night under the lights. And so be a part of that. Support support your local high school. And Thursday night, you got some some good games to watch.
1: Saturday, we're gonna have some good games to watch as well. So enjoy the entire weekend. We even have a Sunday game this week. The game in Hawaii does not start till midnight Sunday or Saturday night into Sunday. So there's even a Sunday game if you want to stay up that late. If you have insomnia.
0: (laughs) You've got something to watch. (laughs) Thanks for joining us, and we will see you next Tuesday at 6 a.m.